You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, October 27th. And this evening, I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PVH, how's it going, my friend? It's going well, buddy. It's uh, Thursday. I've been up since four in the morning. I thought this pod was happening two hours earlier, so I've been <laughs> drinking for two hours. Oh, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> All right. Okay. He's primed. He's he's lubricated, ready to go. How's the breathing, Paige? <laughs> yeah. Remember the mute button, Paige. The mute button is your friend. We are also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer. You just heard his voice from Cleveland CP. What's the word from the 216? How are you, gentlemen? It's good to be on on with you tonight. (laughs) All right, my friend. Good to hear hear your voice. Good to see you, boys. So we, of course, are here to preview number two Ohio State's visit to Happy Valley to square off with number 13 Penn State this coming Saturday. The game is a noon Eastern kick on Fox with Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on the call. And, of course, Plumber's girlfriend, Jenny Taft. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the line is Ohio State minus 15 and a half. I believe it's moved a little bit since it came out. The over-under is 61. Ohio State leads the all-time series between these two schools, 23 to 13. And the Buckeyes have won the last five matchups with Penn State, including last year's 33-24 victory in Columbus. The last time Penn State won uh, has a win in this series. It was 2016. We remember the the block field goal at the the end of the game there to get to Penn State the win. And that was also the last time Penn State won the Big Ten. Now, Penn State comes into this game ranked 49th nationally in total offense. They're 43rd nationally in offensive yards per play. They're 63rd nationally in total defense, which is a little surprising. I thought they'd, they'd rank a little higher uh, in that category. They're 38th in defensive yards per play, which some people use. They use that metric more than they use total defense. So 38th in defensive yards per play, a little bit more respectable. Now, they're 62nd against the run and 79th nationally against the pass. Now, that's surprising because I would have thought Penn State defensively would rank higher against the pass than they do against the run, you know, especially given some of their personnel in the secondary, like Joey Porter Jr. He's a total stud. They have a safety named Jair Brown who leads them in tackles and interceptions. He's a really good player. By the way, Ohio State has a Jair Brown as well. He's a freshman corner, uh, not to confuse the two. I was actually just two. wondering that. Yeah, yeah. Like, did he transfer? Well, they spell their first names a little differently. Obviously, last name spelled the same. But uh, this Jair Brown for Penn State, much more of an established player. He plays safety for them, leads them in, in tackles and interceptions. Jelly Porter Jr. so wished he would have came to yeah. Ohio State. He's a hell of a player, though, man. And, yeah, and I think he's going to factor in big into this game. Yeah. Uh, but at least for now, Penn State ranks a little higher against the run, though they're not great in that area. And of course, we remember just a few weeks ago, Michigan ran for 418 yards on them. So um, yeah, the that's the skinny out. on the Penn State defense now. Of course, very familiar name to all Buckeye fans because we've been watching him for what seems like forever. Quarterback Sean Clifford is back for his fourth season as the starter at quarterback for, for the Lions. And he's having an okay season so far. He's completing 61.5% of his passes for 13 touchdowns, three INTs. And, you know, we know what we get out of Clifford, right? You're going to see some good, right? He can do a little bit with his arm. He can do a little bit with his feet. But, uh, you know, there's another side of that coin. And you can almost always count on him to make a couple of catastrophic mistakes like he did last year. Uh, Penn State this season has a little something going in the run game, though. Finally, right? Uh, With freshman running back Nicholas Singleton. CP, you mentioned him last week. Uh, he's averaging yeah. just under seven yards a carry. He has seven rushing touchdowns so far this season. And Penn State has a pair of pretty good receivers to watch out for. Parker Washington. Now, Washington had a nice game against the Buckeyes last season. He caught nine passes for 108 yards in the shoe against the Buckeyes last year. Mitchell Tinsley is another receiver to watch for Penn State. He leads the team in touchdown receptions with four. Actually, he's tied for the lead with their tight end, Brenton Strange, who also has four touchdown catches. He's a pretty good tight end. That's another name to watch. So, PBH, let me kick this over to you. How do you see this matchup for the Buckeyes? And are there any areas, players, position groups that you'll be paying special attention to in this game? It's funny. This game 
it kind of reminds me of playing Michigan for the last seven years. And every game I go into that game, super, super nervously. Yeah. Um, and you know, we all know what happened last year and really, I'm, I'm exceptionally nervous about this game and there's no logical reason for it other than, um, you know, Penn state tends to play us tough, but but if we won nine out of the last 10, um, you know, I, I've, I've been actually looking forward to this pod to, to listen to your opening preamble to kind of formulate where I'm at with this, but I'm, I'm pretty damn nervous about it. And I don't know why, um, if it were night, even more so, right. Uh, that, that, that could help us. I hate the stupid whiteout, but you know, you you talk about Clifford Yeah, you know, you talk about Clifford. I, I, he's been there since 2017. So before your start, he's his fifth year there. Um, so you know what you get with him. Um, there, there's nothing exceptional about them. Uh, their schedules, you know, pretty horrific when you go back and look at who they played, who they beat, um, you know, the, the stats you rattled off, like it is surprising. I, I mean, when's the last time Penn state's been, you know, 60, whatever against the rush, like probably never. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, piggybacking off of last week against Iowa, you know, I think that was maybe a uh, come back down to earth, Ohio State fans game for mm. us um, and how we kind of struggled mightily, you know, in the first half, especially struggled running the ball. Yeah. I thought the offensive line didn't do great. I think we have a serious uh, depth issue at running back. Mm. I don't care what Ryan Day says, but, you know, um, you know. Henderson's kind of hurt, and now yeah, he did look know, like Williams himself. Is kind of hurt. Yeah, I mean, neither of them looked like themselves you're... last week against Iowa. I agree with no. you there. Yeah, and in fact, they moved Chip Trainum from linebacker over yeah. To, yeah. to running back. He's taken reps with the running back. Uh, it's, it, it's a problem, and, and then don't forget, right? Like we lost prior to, to start the season. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, if you become one dimensional, a good team can beat you, and so all those things have me being quite concerned going into Saturday. Yeah. You know, in last year's game, uh, I think that was the first time we saw some issues in the run game start to surface. And uh, Travian Henderson finished with a good stat line in that game. I remember he popped off a pretty big run uh, to kind of pad his stats, but that was also a game where Ohio State really struggled in the red zone as well. Penn State did some things up front. And uh, just to, to your point, Paige, about last week's struggles in the run game, uh, you know, I guess we'll find out soon enough whether we've got a trend or if that was just a one-off issue. I think Ohio State, uh-huh. four games running. I believe it was four games running. They were over 230 yards uh, rushing uh, uh, until they met up with Iowa last week. So we'll see. I mean, I think Penn State probably has the personnel to replicate what Iowa did up front uh, to, to contain our red game, but uh, our run game. Sorry, but uh, but we'll see. CP, how about you? What are you going to be watching in this game? Um, I- I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to disagree with both of you. I I, I would take Dallas Hayden <laughs> with that offensive, like the way the offensive lines uh, like kind of gelling right now. He's a good back. Um, I mean, from right, what we've so seen so the, far, uh, one dimensional thing. Like, I mean, that in itself is just beyond like, you can't like really scheme a defense around that. Um, you can like, you know, let's all like just collapse, like make his pass. But like, I mean, really, do you really want to do that? I yeah. mean, come on, like, I'm, it's ridiculous, but I would take Dallas Hayden, like to, to throw the run game offensive line, like, like they were balling last week. Mm-hmm. And you think about like, I mean, I kind of wait, like wait, wait, wait. So you think the offensive line was balling last week, dude, that was the worst rush deep, the least amount of rushing yards we've had. I'm, not ta- I'm just talking in, about in like a I- decade. That's true. Nobody was balling. If they were balling, it was eight balls after the game. They played like shit against Iowa. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I do think it's it's worth I, mentioning that that Iowa was able to put their corners out on islands against our receivers, and they held up pretty well for about two and a half quarters. And Ohio State was running on running downs. They were running against a lot of eight and nine man boxes against Iowa. They had extra men devoted to the line of scrimmage there. I'm not excusing it. They definitely should have run the ball. I think one thing Ohio State does too, there was a little bit of play calling. I also think they tend to telegraph 
you know, their intentions, what, what their plan is when they run the football based on, you know, the formation, they have some tendencies that are pretty easy to figure out. And I think that's also what our opponent, at least Iowa was keying on last week. They were ready for the Ohio state run game. There's no question about it. And uh, they were bound and determined to take it away. They did take it away for a while, but they also paid for it too, right? Because you left your corners out on islands uh, as, as often as they did. And that eventually caught up with them. Yeah, and Penn State, like what I was getting to say before, Paige, our offensive line, I feel, is like it is coming together. And it's going to be like right when we're like um, at the time that we need them, they're they're going to be gelling. I mean, we've got all the – I don't even want to get into that, Paige, but like if you start like closing up the box, I mean, like they're like Penn State – like how many points Michigan scored against Penn State? They suck, dude. They They're horrible. James Franklin is on the way out the door. And when we blow him out this weekend by like 22, 23 points, he's done, dude. Like, I mean, I noon, whiteout, Halloween night, whatever. Like it's, it's, it's over. Uh, okay. That, 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 that's fine and fair. And I, I know we're not talking about what happened against the Iowa game, but that first half performance. And I, I, I like our it, first half performance it, it was every not week is terrible. No, <laughs> it's not. I mean, that, that, it, if, if Iowa had a mediocre Ohio high school offense, that game, it, we are literally nail biting into the fourth quarter. I don't agree I because mean, our defense is so much better than like that. Dude, than what come it was. on. He threw, dude, they turned the ball over 17 times. In their <laughs> dude, own that's what they do, man. Yeah, like they it doesn't, but that's my point, though, dude. That's my point. And we were really only up, what, 19 to seven until Knucklehead threw, you know, a gift, you know, pick six to Eichenberger in the middle of the field on the sixth. Yeah, yard. like fucking like Stevie. No, 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 I, let, right let's, let's not give, you know, Eichenberger the Buckus award for that quite just yet. No, no, <laughs> no. Who was? Uh, all right. Okay. So, so yeah, there, there were some issues in the first half last week against Iowa, to be sure. There's no question about it. I think you got to give a little bit of credit, though, to Iowa. Uh, I, I don't think Penn State is as good up front in their front seven as Iowa was. They don't have anybody like Jack Campbell, the middle linebacker at Iowa, who's probably going to be a, a first round pick. I know they have Joey Porter. They got a good safety in in um, in Brown. But I just don't know that they have the, the guys up front that they typically do, especially at linebacker. And uh, the, the Michigan game I think showed us that 418 yards on the ground so I mean that's what I'm that's one thing I'll be watching in this game will Ohio State commit a little bit more to the ground game and uh, are Trey Henderson and Mayan Williams ready to go uh, for Ohio State you know health wise uh, I, I hope so we might see a little bit of chip train him in this game but uh, that's one matchup I'll be watching is Ohio State going to take advantage of maybe a, a Penn State front seven that isn't up to its usual standard and uh, and also a defense that I think is probably going to look to take the vertical passing game away, probably prioritize that uh, over the Ohio State run game. PVH, what else are you going to be looking for in this matchup? I dude, I think this is Trey Henderson's game. Yeah. This to me is the maker. It, it, if if we don't get a big game out of Trey Henderson, the barrage he's going to get from me for the rest of the season is <laughs> just going to be epic because I'm done with him. Right? Like yeah. a lot of hype coming in. I think this game is tailor-made for him. I think Ohio State is going to absolutely try and just run the ball down their throats. And I think this is his time. This is his time, man. Like I he does run hard, man. I give that guy credit. He he is a freaking bull in there. He lowers his head and lowers the boom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's probably the best approach, you know, when you're for a guy his size and his durability a issues. Guy his size. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have you he be healthy and, you know, try he, and not make not make that hit. Mm-hmm. But I think to me it hinges on the run game in this game. And and you know, we're going to get ours with our receivers, you know. I mean, it, it, you made that great analogy about Golden State last year, or I mean, um, you know, last week, yeah, uh, last week, um, and and those guys were covered on those plays, yeah, right? like it wasn't like they were streaking wide open, um, but they're going to make plays. C.J. Stroud's going to make you know enough plays, but I think whether or not this is an easy win for us or a nail biter into the fourth quarter, to me, comes down to being able to run the ball and Trey Henderson. I agree. I think they need to be more balanced. They certainly can't have this kind of uh, 
what they experienced against Iowa. They, you know, 66 total yards rushing on 30 attempts for 2.2 yards per carry. I, come on. I mean, that is well below the Ohio State standard. We understand the way Ohio State wants to win is by throwing the ball. All their, you know, their best players are in their pass game, right? I mean, the, you know, you look at the recruiting rankings, right? Their, their most highly rated players and most talented players are can be found in the passing game. That's how Ryan Day wants to win primarily. But you need more balance. This is the Big Ten. It's October. And, and I think you have a matchup advantage with that offensive line against a Penn State front seven that isn't up to its usual standard. And, um, you know, and I also think they're they're going to play to their strengths defensively and try and take away the Ohio State passing game with Joey Porter and and Brown. Uh, CP, how about you? What else are you going to be looking for in this game? Um, I mean, our offense plays against the, like the best defense that we're going to play pretty much all year, except for Georgia. Tennessee, like, you know what I mean? Like, so I like Penn State is like, they're not i mean i i don't know i have like no doubt that this is going to be and i feel like that it, it's a good thing that this is a noon kickoff game and i know fox probably like with the world series and whatnot but they had to pick that up but i mean it, it's gonna be it's not gonna be pretty z it's gonna be wow, ugly okay. bloodbath so right? you're like, <laughs> yes run game no run game or what that like we're like penn state cannot hang be on the same field with Ohio State. You, you know, it's interesting because uh, Penn State has a lot of problems with Michigan. And I just think they're a bad matchup uh, with Michigan. Michigan seems to, I mean, even the, the, the last time Penn State won the Big Ten, they I think they lost by 40 points to Michigan in the big house. Uh, we seem to be a better matchup for Penn State. What we do well, they seem to be able to match up better with and, and then they do Michigan and, and some of the other uh, you know teams they see in the Big Ten, and uh, I think Franklin prioritizes this game. I think he circles this game on the schedule. He gets his players up for it, and I have a feeling we're going to see a close game in this. And a lot obviously, of people, a lot of people are going to do the transitive property, and they're going to look at what Michigan did to Penn State. And they're going to look at what Ohio State did. At should it be a close game? And they're going to make assumptions based on that. I have, you got to be careful about I, doing the transit of property. They were doing it last week, actually. Joel Klatt was comparing how Ohio State and Michigan did against Iowa. And I think you just have to be careful about that because last season, Ohio State, what? how, how badly did they beat Michigan State? Beat them by 49 points or something? Yeah. And yeah. Michigan lost to Michigan State. And we know what happened in that game in Ann Arbor, right? Michigan kicked our ass. So you have to be careful yeah. about the transit of property. But I have a feeling... That could happen in this game. Ohio State has their usual, you know, dogfight with Penn State in this game, and folks are going to end up doing the transitive property. And uh, Michigan had the better outcome against Penn State, and a lot of people are going to conclude that Michigan's the better team. All right, I know we're going to get to our concern meter and score predictions, and all that, but like, I, I like, I disagree. Like, it's all good. I love it. Like, I you like I, it. Okay. I feel like- yeah, I, I I don't feel like this is going to be a close matchup whatsoever. Okay, so CP, let me start with you. Give me your concern meter score for this game. Um, my concern meter is about a one and a half, pretty much just a half above Iowa. One and a half. And I was on the like, road. I was like, I was at one with Iowa, and on the road, in like you know up there in Happy Valley. Like <laughs> it's a one and a half. Okay, so so before you finish with that that score i just want to give you the scores of the last several ohio oh, state penn state are, game all right so 2014 that was an overtime game ohio state won uh you know with the joey bosa sack right he throws the running back into <laughs> into hackenberg to end the game in <laughs> overtime uh you know th- that was an ohio state team that won the they won the national championship that year that was not a very good penn state game Ohio State was very lucky to escape happy valley with the win 2016 we lose 24 21 2018 we're trailing by double digits in the fourth quarter and we escape with a one point win. That was in 2018. 2020, that weird COVID season, we played in an empty Beaver Stadium. We jumped out to the big lead, but kind of had to hang on late and uh-huh. escape with a 38 25 win. These are very, tend to be very close games in Happy Valley. Doesn't matter if it's a wide out or during the day. All right, PVH, let me kick this over to you. What's your concern on meter score? I'm a solid 6.5. Um, I'm, I'm, 
yeah, I'm legitimately, I, they just play us tough, right? Like, yeah. And there's two trends that are going on, right? Like the, the trend of Ohio State, you know, covering and pretty much blowing teams out. And also the trend of, hey, these teams play us tough. And for whatever reason, kind of throughout the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's going to be a dogfight. And the other thing we haven't talked about, I haven't even looked at it. Um, I mean, what's the weather? Is it going to be a nice day? Oh, I mean, yeah. They haven't, you know, mowed the grass since, you know, <laughs> since the spring. They want to slow the game down. Right. You know, there's always that aspect as you start to get into these late October, no, early November games. Yeah. That, no, that's a good point. Uh, I'd have to look at the, the weather report. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. So uh, I'm with you. I, it's funny. I have the exact same concernometer score as you, six and a half. Now, I, I fell for the banana and the tailpipe. Last year, and I thought fell for the banana. (laughs) I thought Ohio State would blow Penn State out. You know, at home, Penn State came off that ugly loss to Illinois in like twenty frames of overtime, and you know, completely spoiled. Right? Remember that completely spoiled what should have been a top Saturday. Yeah, that should have completely spoiled what should have been like a top 10 matchup between those two teams. And I I predicted Ohio State blowout. And look, that was a really good football game into the fourth quarter. And, you know, thank God for Noah Ruggles, man. Uh, He kicked like what seemed like, you know, 10 field goals in that game. Ohio State gets away with a nine point win. So I'm with you, Paige. I'm not going to fall for this again. I'm expecting (laughs) uh, Penn State to show up play us tough so i'm at six and a half on my concernometer oh all right my Lord. <laughs> by the way it, like um it is going to be 60 and not a cloud in the sky oh um, okay Saturday. not bad all right i'm a six six point two so, okay six point two adjustment for the weather report i love it nice nice, nice. I love it. <laughs> all right did, CP. Uh, did you just get that off the uh bdb uh, uh yeah i just got like I, I heard something in my ear and i was like uh, <laughs> BDB. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's That's the Belpre Daily Beast, the mythical yes. newspaper yes. that yeah. uh, Chad gets all the Chad gets. They are on top of everything. <laughs> if you need the four one one, the BDB is where it's at. <laughs> all right, Money. let's get down to brass tacks. Score predictions. CP, you you go first. Give us a oh, score prediction. Start with me. I love yes, sir. That. Let's do it. We usually start with Paige with everything, but I'm going to start this off again. You know, I like just, oh, and by the way, like, um, can we um go back to last week? Yeah. So much pretty much nailed that on the head. Nicely done. Like but I'm going to, I'm, you know, I, I, I hey, I gave you props, by the way, in the post game pod. I don't know if you oh, listened thanks, to it, but I, I gave you props I, I, at the top of that for that. Nicely done, sir. Sorry. Yeah. So you called the, the final score 59 10. And the, the actual score was 54-10. So kudos to you, man. You were only five points off and the I'm actual score. Stick and, like, and I feel like if we like go back and like listen to like the last few weeks of the pod, like I'm staying in the 50s. All right. Yep. I'm going 52-17. 52-17. So you I were in the 50s for the Wisconsin game and the Iowa game. And I think Paige and I probably both chuckled when you went you when you yeah. went that high in your score oh, prediction. Sure. And you were right. You were two for two. So you think we get up into the 50s on the oh. road in Happy Valley against a top 15 Penn State team. You're you're confident. You know, guys, sometimes I get like over, like, you know, like overzealous. I get excited and I, my, I let my emotions take over. And like, just like earlier, like, you know, comments I made. But like, you know what? At the end of the day, like, I mean, I, I, I know, I feel this, like that we're going to blow them out. Dude. So All right. Franklin's going to be like, <laughs> he's going to be so pissed. All right. PVH, Franklin. how about you, man? Give us your score prediction for this game. All right. So I just wrote it down. I am I I've been waiting for this pod to make up my mind. It, it doesn't seem close, but it's going to be a close game. But I'm going 41-21. Buckeyes do cover and they take the over. So Okay. 41-21 is 41-21. So it's going to I don't think it's going to feel like that. At the end of the game, but that's going to be the final score. So, are you, are you envisioning something that's tight for third something quarters? Weird. Buckeyes pull away in the fourth quarter, yeah, that kind of thing. Some, some dumb, like you know, fumble pickup, and we run it in for a touchdown, and <laughs> uh, you know, maybe a safety or two. I don't know. Safety, <laughs> yeah. safety dance. I love it. <laughs> safety dances. Um, okay, uh, and and that's partially because. 
like I said before, like stick with the trend, you know, I think it's what a 15 point uh, spread. 15 and a half. Yeah. Over under, yeah. Um, so I'm going to roll with 41, 21, they cover and it goes over, but it's not going to feel like that throughout the course of the game. Okay. That sounds right, fair to me. Exactly. And I'm, 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 Can we get an official drum roll because like now it's like when I want to know, like, you know, you're talking about earlier, like, you know, when you were like on the Ohio state bandwagon, when it was a close game, but like, I would like to have an official drum roll <laughs> right before your score prediction. Okay. I'll see if I can, if I can, uh, you know, if I can yeah. add that uh, here. Yeah. So I'm going Ohio state 34, 17. I, I I'm, I'm playing the under, right. If my math is correct, I'm not really good at math. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I like you, PBH. Uh, this one's the final margin looks like a comfortable win, but I think it's going to be a tight game into the fourth quarter. And I like Ohio State to pull away. Um, I I have a feeling Ohio State's going to run the ball a little bit more in this game. They're going to take advantage of a diminished Penn State front. Uh, maybe they eat a little more clock doing it that way and uh, have fewer possessions. I do think Penn State's going to play well. I think we're going to see one of their better games because Franklin just seems to be able to to, you know, get his players to play their better games, one of their better games against Ohio State. This is a game they get up for. And I while it's not a wide out, it is going to be in front of what I assume is going to be a rabid Penn State crowd. And uh, I'm with you. Let's. I, I can, I'm not falling for this again, right? Penn State's going to play us tough, but I do think Ohio State pulls away just too many weapons, too many weapons. And I and also, I think Sean Clifford's going to look good early, but it just you can almost set your watch to it. He's going to have a couple catastrophic mistakes that are going to be a part of the difference in this game. Last year, he had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown and uh, an untimely interception that was that turned into points for Ohio State. I think it was a field goal, but it was a nine-point game. The Clifford turnovers produced 10 Ohio State points in a nine-point game. I have a feeling that's going to happen again because that's just his MO. He's going to do some things throwing the ball. He's going to pop off a couple of good runs you know, out of that, that zone read. But I think we can count on a couple of mistakes from him as well. Buckeyes 34-17. Well, isn't that like we, this is a patented South stands observation. Like if a guy is your starting quarterback for four years, like there's something fundamentally wrong with your program, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. You know, or Somebody's taking a bite out of weapon, crime with Clifford. Yeah. Like if your best offensive player is a tight end, then there's <laughs> something wrong with your offensive game plan. Like, well, so now I will say this, Penn State is more than that offensively. They do have some good skill guys. Singleton is a good running back. Now, he's only a true freshman, but he's a good running back. And I think Parker Washington is real. I think he's a real player. So they have a little – they're bringing a little bit more at the skill position, certainly, uh, you know, compared to Iowa. Yeah, and who was that that wideout that – you know, they gave us Dotson or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Johan Dotson. You know, he's they gone. have guys that, that, you know, they're not recruiting these two guys. and three stars. Right. They got these guys. They got the- the- <laughs> It's not enough. It's never enough. And, it, you know, it's Z, Do you want to like- hear some, Paige, do you guys want to hear some really interesting, like, stats, like, as far as, like, the things we're talking about? Go ahead, like, CP. Records against the spread. So Ohio State seven zero and zero against the spread four two and one over under five two and zero this year this season oh no yes it's at home six oh no did they cover against Notre Dame I didn't think they covered against Notre Dame and I didn't think they covered either against Arkansas State State. either Uh, I mean it's coming from the BDB so (laughs) this is like this is like Penn State man oh oh, Penn uh, sorry Penn State oh man yeah against Penn State oh against Penn State they've covered every time Ohio State seven seven oh no in their last seven yes oh okay all right that's good to know all right so that is that is another trend uh, to, to be mindful of. Um, you know, we, we were talking to Penn State after they lost to Michigan and, and you know, we were kind of ripping them about the, the quarterback situation, settling for the f- four full years of Sean Clifford. The other thing I totally forgot is they had Will Levis in that program, who now looks like he's going to be a first round pick coming out of Kentucky. He transferred to Kentucky. So they traded Will Levis, basically let Will Levis walk to stick with, you know, an extra couple of years 
of Sean Clifford. I bet they're regretting that mistake. Anyway, this little sidebar. Well, and I, I think they've got, well, I don't even, I shouldn't say that. I thought I read they have some five-star kid waiting in the wings. And then Clifford had a good, who'd they beat last week? So so they beat Minnesota last week. Now it's worth yeah, noting it. Minnesota was without their starting quarterback, Tanner Morgan, right. in that game. So that there is a little bit of an asterisk next to that. Um, no, yeah, and you're right. And that's and you know, going into the game, they're thinking, okay, can we end the Clifford, you know, era and let's go to this next guy? And then yes, Drew Aller is the game. is the name of the of the of the next yeah. kitten line. He's a five star. And look, I I I wrongly predicted Penn State just collapsing after the Michigan loss. I, I thought Minnesota might uh, might be able to take advantage of a bit of a hangover, uh, you know, with, with Penn State coming out of that loss. But, uh, you know, to their credit, Penn State handled Minnesota, uh, you know, pretty good in that game. I think the final was 45-17. But again, you know, Minnesota down Tanner Morgan. And, uh, you know, you just never know what you're going to get with the Gophers anyway. They can show up one week and look like world beaters. And then the next week, you know, completely fall apart. And they were, you know, the uh, the chic pick to come out of the West uh, in the Big Ten for like, 15 seconds and then they you know they went yeah, on their, that, their that's slide what happens when you go against old Bert Lemica or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, Brett Bielema. Really yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bielema, dude. That that's guy, the line talk. All right, so listen, I, I want to circle He's back. Thinking, like, I'll tell you why you got to give Bielema props, dude. That guy's like no bullshit with like the, the fighting in line I do. I like that guy. is a good coach. He's a good coach. We know this ain't his guy. first rodeo. Arkansas right? was not his like fucking, you know, that was not his deal, man. Like didn't work out at Arkansas like, for him, but yeah. this guy knows how to win Big Ten football games. And he's from like, yeah, he's like I, I yeah. I like the guy. You know, he played at Iowa, by the way. The word is he's got an, a hawkeye tattoo. Uh who knows? Maybe one day, maybe he oh, ends really? up being uh, Ference's successor at some at some point, but he's over at Illinois now. He's doing a, a great job so far. Great early yeah. returns. You know what I was like? Like I found interesting. Z like which I like. I really like. And I'm surprised that I didn't like pick this up. Like Lachey's like uh, I think it was his nephew, Jim Lachey's son. Yes, his, is like, a tight um, end at Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Like, and him coming into like the shoe, like everybody, you know, I mean, that was a big and, thing and finishing with like whatever. one catch or whatever. Yeah. Urban didn't but, even like, yeah, it's a real nice story. Even, Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even recruit, didn't give an offer like Ohio State, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's because, you know, Fuck I, Urban. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So look, I want to, I want to circle back just for a couple minutes on the Iowa performance last week because I, our listeners have not yet had an opportunity to get your takes on what we watched last week. Paige, you've already kind of started your, you know, kind of your view of that game. It sounds like there were some pretty big concerns for you coming out of that game. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you saw? High State, what, you know, they end up running away with it 54 to 10, but Iowa did give them trouble on defense for the better part of two and a half quarters. What did you see in that game that stood out? So again, I texted it starting the third quarter, right? Like this is the 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 quintessential Juan Anessa reset expectations games for us. So you reset your expectations based on that performance. Well, you know, I mean, then they run away with it, but yeah, no, totally, I did, and they 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 turned it on in this in you know they scored what four consecutive touchdowns, but I don't know, I mean. That was definitely a reset expectations game for me. Hence, a lot of my trepidation going into this game. And it's because of how they played. That score was not indicative of how close that game was. And I said it before if Iowa had just a middling high school level Ohio offense, we're we're sweating it out. We're sweating it out in the fourth quarter. I mean, they turned the ball over seven times. Six times, yes. Six turnovers, yeah. Pretty awful. Well, is that counting the punt? The, the knucklehead trying. Oh, know, I'm gonna, what was the uh, sure that first downs we had for them? So there was no surprise. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter who the fucking quarterback okay. is. Okay. Like, so, anyways, it was one game. It was a snapshot. Maybe they're a little rusty, this, that, and the other. Um, yeah, my question I, was. I think it's got to prove it. They got to prove it this week. I mean, was that an anomaly? Was Iowa's defense really that good? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure, but I've never seen an offense that bad, maybe in the entire history of watching oh my God. college football. It's CJ so, 
CJ's timing was definitely off in that like first quarter. Like I agree I mean, with you. He CP. missed like yeah, it was like a little like a well, little rough. It was like they didn't take practice all week. They did like a bye week. They just took off. They all went home, hung out for like a, like a week. So and a half. Stroud was so I read today that Kyle McCord got extra reps during the bye week because Stroud was given a little time off by Ryan Day, which I thought was interesting. Uh, because I, there did seem to be some timing issues. There are two plays that are, that, that come to mind. He oh, had a Mecca Buka. I didn't see that. That's he funny. had a Mecca Buka over the middle early. I want to say first quarter and Ibuka didn't get his head around. Ball was almost intercepted, fell incomplete, but that was a, a play where over the middle where he and Ibuka have just been in lockstep in sync with one another. And it was weird to see Ibuka not get his head around on the throw because had he had he gotten his head around, it would have been, you know, completion for 25, 30 yards. And then he had another play to Marvin Harrison where Har- Harrison ran a really oh, nice little out it, route uh, in the red zone near the goal line. And the, the ball time. sailed on Stroud. And, you know, they showed him in yeah. slow motion, grabbing the top of his helmet. You could see he was clearly frustrated. Those were throws that he was making very easily uh, through the first six games. So I agree with you, CP. There did appear to be some timing issues there. And and Stroud looked a little rusty through the first two and a half quarters. So now that I know that, Z, like, I mean, because the, the, the passes, like, in the second half, like, you couldn't, like, just, like, literally like be floating over to the receiver and like, just drop it in there better. So, Hey, no to Ryan day, no fucking time off, like fucking three or four days for CJ anymore. Okay. (laughs) Like that's bullshit. Like just like, let's like it's championship, like college football playoff. Like, yeah. And you know, that was the bye week. And I think they're probably going to be locked in and they understand, of course, as most college football programs do, they backload their schedule with most of their tough games. And, and, you know, now it's real. And, you know, we, we pointed by the way, well, I certainly did. I circled this, these last couple dates, well, last week and this week on the calendar, the Iowa-Penn State back-to-back, uh, I thought that was a, a, a juncture in the schedule that was, you know, you know, an area to watch in the schedule because, you know, those are two very tough opponents, uh, typically, Iowa and Penn State. But, you know, it's hard for me to be too critical when, you know, despite their struggles offensively for the first two and a half quarters, I can't be too critical when you win the game by 44 points. Ohio, or pardon me, Iowa came into that game having only surrendered five touchdowns all season. And that was the worst beating Iowa has suffered since Kirk Ferentz took, took the helm at Iowa in 1999. Ohio State, it was an off game. They, did, they were not at their best offensively and you still win by 44. The one thing if you're an Ohio State opponent that you have to really guard against. And Paige, this is back to the reference that you made, the Golden State analogy that I made. You have to be really careful with Ohio State. You think you got him pinned down, right? You think you got him contained for two and a half quarters and then all it takes, 10 plays, boom, 21 points. They have that ability to go on a run, you know, kind of like a great basketball team where you can you can have them contained for most of the game and then they go on a run over the course of four or five minutes game is over. And that's what happened against Iowa last week. I mean, guys, they took a very comfortable lead into the half, 26-10, and that's because of the ineptitude of the Iowa offense, to your point, PBH. But they broke the backs of the Iowa defense during that 10-play, 21-point run. In 10 offensive plays, High State scored 21 points, game over. So that's what you have to guard against if you're an opponent, you know, facing Ohio State is those little, that flurry. Right. You, you can have them wrapped well, up, contained for three quarters, and then boom, something like that happens, game over. Sorry, go ahead, PBH. And, and, and I think you have to give Stroud a ton of – that dude's got grass balls because – Oh, yeah. I mean, let's not forget, you know, the very first, what, series, he got hit, fumbles the ball, the guy runs it in for a touchdown. Yeah. And then he clearly didn't have a good first half. And then the second half starts, okay, go and regroup, you know, game plan, scheme, do whatever you do. And they come right out and he throws an interception. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter for him, right? He 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 can turn it on instantly. He's like a great he shooter. He's got a short yeah. memory. A great it, shooter it, just keeps shooting. Pretty astounding. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, so he throws a pick. You know, Iowa frustrates him for two quarters. He comes out of the half, throws a pick on the very first play from scrimmage of the third quarter 
and then and then Iowa immediately yeah, fumbles yeah. the snap and gives the ball right back to Ohio State. It was so funny. And then Ohio State immediately goes three and out. And I think it was yeah. at that point you sent the text to the, yeah, the thread saying like, reset, expectations. reset expectations, right? So, uh, but then, you know, that flurry, that 10 play flurry where they scored 21 points and CP, you just made reference to it. Uh, Stroud completed, he had some insane throws that were all contested, by the way, that I think maybe only two other quarterbacks can probably make in the country, probably Hendon Hooker and, uh, and the kid from Alabama. Right. I mean, he's one of you can count on one hand the number of quarterbacks in the country oh, yeah. that can make throws like that. And that's what has to be so frustrating if you were the Iowa defense or any other defense. Uh, their corners were right there in coverage on most of those throws. Didn't matter. Just, Combination of Stroud. And then, you know, uh, that that first touchdown that he threw to start that 21 point flurry to Marvin Harrison Jr. was in the tightest of windows. Here's, on fourth down, by the way. It was on fourth down, fourth and two. The throw was Harrison Jr. had a guy right in his hip pocket and heading toward the sideline. Is there a tighter window right there at the pylon? Dude. I mean, it was insane. Sorry, CP. Go ahead. You wanted to say something? No, not at all. I was like, I was just like, as you were saying that, I was like, dude, like just ridiculous. Like just so like silky smooth smooth right so wow. i mean that's that's what you're up against with this ohio state passing game um i think you you, you know and and i'm really looking forward to the, this matchup between joey porter junior and i assume it's going to be marvin harrison junior he'll probably spend a little time on emeka buka as well but um I, I think as good as you are on defense even at your best i mean unless we're talking about maybe georgia or alabama you're still going to have to plan for Ohio State to have about 31 points on the on the board, and your offense is going to have to match that. and And we'll see if Penn State can do that. I'm not sure they can. Um, any other thoughts from the Iowa game, PBH? Let me kick this back to you. No, I think I think we covered it. Um, what about so. the defense? I mean, they're not going to get credit because of what. Iowa is offensively total nepotism, right? I mentioned that in the post game pod. Look up the word, uh, you know, uh, nepotism in the dictionary. You're going to see a picture of Brian Ferentz. Um, Iowa is bad coming to this game. We know this. They looked even worse against Ohio State. Uh, what do we have in the Ohio State defense? PBH, they're right now Ohio State nationally in total defense. Let me look this up. They are total defense. Second nationally in total defense. They are uh, yards per play. I believe they're fifth. Yeah, fifth in yards per play. Are we that good? Is this defense worthy of those lofty rankings in your opinion? Or is it just a product of the schedule? No, I think, dude, they're definitely very good. There's, And that's the thing. They've always been very good. We've recruited the same level on the defensive side as we do on the offensive side, maybe outside of wide receiver. Kudos to Brian Hartline. Give him a race. Give that give that assistant coach another race. <laughs> yeah. That being said, um, I don't think it really matters. You know, it, it's like nuanced stuff, right? Like, but as long as you're a top 10 defense, which I think they clearly are, then you've got a shot, right? And the mm-hmm. same thing to go goes with the offense. So, dude, half those guys, three quarters of those guys are going to play in the NFL, right? Yeah. I mean, fucking Pete Warner's a stud in the NFL. Kudos to Plummer and the BDB. <laughs> called that out early. But BDB. all those, yeah, they're all really good players. It just goes back to, you know, coaching matters, scheme matters. Huge. Um, they, I, don't, I don't give them any credit against Iowa that – I'm sorry, but you know, when, you know, you literally fumble the ball right after we throw an interception. (laughs) It was pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That being said, they're very good. Harrison's playing out of his mind. Yeah. He looks good. Dude, dude, all those guys are going to, that's how I look at it. How many, how many of these guys are going to play at the next level? And when I look at that defense, I'm seeing at least 60, 75%, maybe, Freaking all of them. I mean, I think what makes... play at the next level. I I tend to agree with you, and I've been saying this for a couple weeks. I want to see how they do against Michigan. I want to see them pass the toughness test against Michigan, against that Michigan running game. That'll be the final test for me, at least in the regular season, as to whether or not they are truly worthy of these lofty rankings. But what makes this defense special, in my opinion, is you have guys like Tommy Eichenberg, 
turning into a star for them. He was a rotational player last year. We weren't really sure if he was even going to be with the program with a new defensive staff coming in. He's become a star, a legitimate star. How about Lathan Ransom? He's a goddamn Thorpe Award semifinalist. Did yeah. anybody see that coming? CP, I know you've mentioned him, but did you see Thorpe semifinalist for Lathan Ransom this season? No, I was just excited that he was actually going to, like, yeah. you know, become the player that like or like had the potential and like lived up and like no did not see yeah that. so i mean the it, fact it, dude he's not a big dude what i like yeah. man he you know who he reminds me of is uh the honey badger yeah he does doesn't he he's, I, I he's th- not a big guy yeah you know i think he's he's a little sturdier than he looks and he was a pretty highly rated guy but he has just blossomed under Jim Knowles. He's become a player that has earned the ultimate trust of Knowles, and he's become very versatile. Like, I think Knowles trusts him in coverage. He trusts him around the line of scrimmage. I said this in the postgame pod. Right now, he is their top defensive back in coverage, grade-wise, according to PFF, and he's one of their best defenders against the run. I think he's second in terms of the PFF grade in rush defense. He's a, I mean, who knew? So, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, right? I think what makes for a special team, a title contending team is your top end guys play like stars. And I think we can safely say their top end highest rated guys are playing like stars. And then those guys from the middle of the roster are evolving from rotational players into key contributors. And in the case of some of these guys, Stars. Mine Williams is another guy, your guy, PBH. Now he's been a little dinged up, but he's a guy who's a rotational player who has become a significant contributor for this team. So that's why I think we've got something special here. And my gut says that, yes, this defense is legitimately a top five defense. CP, anything else you wanted to say about the defense? No, but you know what? I'm I'm, I'm just happy, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I love listening to that. Like, I mean, the, like it's just so glorious. Like, <laughs> have someone like Jim Knowles, like up in the box. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, we're, a we're schemer. Not, like sitting around talking about our offense is so good, man. Like, just, <laughs> we just had a defense. Well, and you know, as bad as the Iowa offense is, it was a rough day for the Ohio State offense, and the defense lifted them up, and the defense created opportunities for them. The defense really gave Ohio State the comfortable lead at the half. And allowed the offense the opportunity to get on track. So, and that's what championship teams do. You don't show up with your best stuff every single Saturday, and they didn't. And they ran a really proud, good Iowa defense off the field, scored 47 offensive points on them. I don't know, man. I came away from that game thinking Ohio State's even scarier because they weren't at their best and they demolished an Iowa team that just people don't score a lot of points on that team and they don't tend to make a ton of mistakes. So that's my big takeaway from that game. You know what the beautiful thing is? This is our first season under Jim Knowles. I know. I mean, that's all. And he's got a lot of young players that'll be back next year and who will be veterans in this scheme in year two of this scheme. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, listen, if you don't have anything else you want to uh, contribute uh, in terms of the, the Penn State game or the Iowa game, why don't we have a look around uh, the, the rest of the schedule uh, for Saturday? I think there's some intriguing games. I'm just going to tick down the list here uh, of additional games. Of course, look, we keep, we like to keep a watchful eye on Michigan. That's what we do as Ohio State fans. They got Sparty coming to the big house. Tw- the, the line is Michigan 22 and a half over under is 55. Does Sparty have a chance in this game? PBH, how do you see this one? None, zero. Yeah, they stink. Michigan over. They yeah. stink. <laughs> yeah. And Michigan's good. And yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I agree with you on that one. How about you, uh, CP? What do you think? How do you see this game? Um, I think they're uh, just trying to figure out uh, how this like get some of that money back up in East Lansing <laughs> from Mel Tucker. Yeah. What's his buyout? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mel Tucker. I don't know. I agree with you, man. Maybe that was, a, that was a bit of a, that was kind of like a Notre Dame and Charlie Weiss move. Right. They got a little excited. It's given the totally, you yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, it's a fat boy, Charlie Weiss. Game, for sure. <laughs> we have 10 do, do, you, do you think it was Mel Tucker's agent that like floated the rumor that, I don't know, like UCLA was coming after Mel and I mean, got his boy brilliant. 72 more million bucks. Could have been, could have been. You, you know, the, the game to me that really stands out is over in the SEC. And we know that the Tennessee-Georgia game 
is looming. That's not this Saturday. That's next Saturday. But Tennessee better be careful. They got a pesky Kentucky team coming in to their stadium, into Neyland Stadium, number 19, Kentucky, against number three, Tennessee. Classic, you know, in air quotes, look ahead game. But I think this is a legitimately good Kentucky team. Will Levis, the Penn State transfer, coming in with the Wildcats. Tennessee better be careful here. I think this is a sneaky good test of their legitimacy as a top five team. The line is Tennessee minus 12. The over-under is 61 CP. How do you see this game? I don't know. Not much of a game. You you like the balls? Um, yeah, you know what? Like, actually, Tennessee's good, but I'll tell you what. Their defense is, like, um, it's suspect. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. Um, You know, like – you know what I, I I don't know Tennessee's good offense I think everybody's like rainbows and skittles and shit and orange like whatever like down there in Rocky Top but good quarterback good offense he's no CJ Stroud but let's like you know I don't know Tennessee wins like they they go on do they cover I I think they do cover so here's a here's an interesting stat I want to throw at you guys Tennessee defense one hundred thirtieth. Oh, nationally in oh, pass like defense like over the last like in pass defense against the pass 130th out of 131 in the fbs facing a pretty good quarterback in will levis that's something to watch pvh how do you see that game it's in knoxville it's in knoxville yeah uh the rooster's gonna come home but not this week it's gonna come home against georgia okay all right so you like tennessee Rooster. you like him to cover 12 they're they're 12 point yeah. favorite in this game yeah probably I, I mean, Kentucky's good, but I, I mean, you know, I've been watched to play, but nah, not this week. And as a fan, I want them to win because I want to watch that game next week. With, yeah, you know, a lot on the line. I'm hey, with you guys. Is that, Al- that Allison Chains here? Yeah, Allison Chains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. I, I'm with you guys. I like Tennessee, but by a hair. I, I think um, I think that pass defense is problematic. I think Will Levis, Kentucky, I think going to give him some issues. I think Tennessee wins, but I would not be surprised. We're talking about but a wait. Program. Is that the guy you referenced earlier that left Levis? Yeah, Penn left Penn State. Yeah, he's ah. Uh, see, I'm paying attention on this podcast. <laughs> hey, you know what? Actually, Z, can I can I rewind and like um, rewind it? That's a sketch, Mike. No, Tennessee does the, the Vols, Rocky Top. They do not cover. Okay. Mark Stoops is going to he's going to keep that game close. I tend to agree with you, CP. I think it's going to be a close game. Tennessee, I think probably gets it done, um, but I think it's going to be close and they got to be careful about um focusing on the task at hand with with Georgia Lumen the following week. CP, you mentioned this at the top. Uh this is an interesting game. Georgia Florida. Now this game is between the hedges. Oh, actually, sorry. This is the cocktail party right what is this the world's largest cocktail cocktail party party? this one's played in jacksonville sorry florida georgia on a neutral field in jacksonville number one georgia against unranked florida four and three florida georgia's a 22 and a half point favorite the over under is 56 and a half how do you see this one cp you know what i i see uh i i see florida covering this man i think it's going to be a good game okay um yeah i mean there are like i feel like there's two teams in college football but we'll go into that later down the road but like i feel florida does cover the spread in this game okay and has a chance to win the game late yeah florida had a they had a they're you know four and three they did have a nice win earlier in the year against utah who we we think is pretty good um They've lost now. Their losses, Florida, are 26-16 to Kentucky. Pretty respectable, you know, Kentucky team. 38-33 to Tennessee. And they lost by 10 to LSU, who's coming on, by the way. LSU. Uh, so uh, 45-35 to LSU. So, yeah, you might be right, CP. This game with the Gators might be closer than we think. Uh, PBH, how do you see this game? Georgia, Florida. <laughs> Where is it played? Well, so they always play this on a neutral field in Jacksonville. And um, well, why in God's name would you fucking do that? Well, they've been doing it for. I mean, that's just. Yeah. They really? call it the world's largest cocktail party. They've been doing it for decades. I'm sure our boy uh, Mike Corcoran <laughs> could, could fill us in on that. Dude, it's that. I mean, that's what used to be. Uh, just 
annoys me that schools do that. <laughs> you know, just come on, right? You know, like playing your home deal. I, I don't even care. I hope they both lose. That's just dumb. <laughs> I didn't even really like it's just stupid. Um, yeah, I don't care. I don't care about so you don't care. That's just the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> you should have like those are two proud, you know, um schools, rivalry. They should absolutely have a home and home, right? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, why it has to be a, a neutral field game. Now, you know, I think it's kind of their answer to the Red River shootout, which is also played technically on a neutral field. I but, know that one, but okay, I guess I, I didn't realize that. that yeah. Was, you know. I think Georgia gets it done. They're number one. You know, Florida's got some, you know, I'm sure Florida has some dudes. Uh, they have played some other quality SEC opponents. They've actually played a pretty tough schedule up to now. Uh, they have played them tough. I'll bet it's a decent game, but I think Georgia pulls away. And um, that's really all I see, guys, in terms of other intriguing matchups around the country. Okay, before I let you go, this coming Tuesday is going to be the release of the first college football playoff rankings. PVH, I want to start with you. Give me your best crack at the top four in those rankings on Tuesday. Oh, man, this is tough. Um, I'm going to say Ohio State 1, Tennessee 2, Georgia 3, and Alabama 4. Wow. Because the world licks the SEC balls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wow. So you're putting... I'm not saying what I think it is. I'm telling you... I'm not saying... I'm telling you what I think it is going to be. That's not what I think. Wow. So you think the, so you got Ohio state one, did you said Tennessee two, Georgia three and Bama four. Yeah. Wow. So you got three sec, you think three sec teams in this initial top four in the CFP rankings. Okay. If things go to plan this weekend, that's what it will be. All right. I just just pulled that out of my butt. We We didn't rehearse that. Okay. All right. CP, how about you? Your top four. Well, I'm going to go with Ohio State, obviously. Okay. <laughs> um, just to, don't tell anybody. I said that. <laughs> um, no, like Ohio State. And I'm going to like uh, bring one in. I'm going to go with Georgia. And um, I'm, I'm going to go with TCU, man. TCU at number three? Okay. Well, like I, I, I don't know about three or four. Like, like I'm just. Well, give, give us an order. That, was, give, that, that was the fucking question, though. Yeah. I get the question, bro, but like I'm not quite ready to say if they're three or four. Okay, fair enough. Okay? So you got Ohio State, right. Georgia, TCU. Who's your fourth? I'll tell you what, this is like Marshall. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, no! Like they're like they. they like well, I mean, you, you got now. Tennessee and Michigan sitting there at seven and zero, and Tennessee probably is the best win in the country so far. So you're going to leave Tennessee and or Michigan? Are you out. talking about like today? We, we, the, the the initial college football playoff rankings come yes. out on Tuesday. Give us your best crack it's at what be that top four is going to be: Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee, and Michigan. Okay. All right. I agree on the top four, although I think Georgia is probably going to come in at number one. I, I don't. Ohio State looks. Oh, man. Like, I think Ohio State has played well. I'm not sure that they have the schedule. And and a lot will we'll learn a lot about Ohio State on the road against the top, you know, I'm in air quotes, a top 15 Penn State game. I'm still I'm still not convinced that they're that good. But I got Georgia one, yeah, Ohio yeah. State two, Tennessee with the best win so far in the uh, you know, in the country at number three. And I think Michigan comes in at number four. I'm just not sure we've seen enough from Clemson to take that fourth oh, spot. Yeah, Clemson's yeah, undefeated, exactly but I mean, they were right. very, very lucky to escape last yeah, week sure. against uh, against Syracuse at home. They also had to sit DJU and go to their backup. They've got a little bit of a, qu- a quarterback controversy there. And he did not, like, like he didn't look good. Yeah, and as much, respect, as, much as I have respect for Saban and Alabama, they're, they got a loss, and they've looked shaky in two other games. I can't see the college football playoff committee putting them in the top four right now, right now is the em- emphasis on those two words. Right. It could no, happen by the right. year. Yeah, you're right. And I'm on record right now this week. I I so wanted uh, Clemson to lose that game against Syracuse. I actually, I I want them to run the table, and I want them again. <laughs> oh, in the playoffs. dude, I would love uh, to play them. Dude. <laughs> dude, please come on. Please. <laughs> I, I will- 
Yeah, I will buy go. both of you. Like we'll, 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 the three of us will be sitting like right behind Debo at like whatever playoff game. Like if we get the chance, I, I like. I mean, please. All right. I, mean, I might. Okay, yeah. so you're both on record. You want Clemson in a semifinal We're on game. the table. Okay. The they're not, the yeah, please, well, they're likely going to do it. So it's, it, it's, I think yeah. it's a very, it's a very real possibility that Clemson gets in because the rest of the oh, schedule is a joke. Clemson the was the last ever. ranked team, I think on their schedule and the ACC is a joke anyway. And Damn. as we know, all right, fellas, Hey, listen, great effort for a Thursday night. We're, we're over an hour now. I'm going to let had you something to say. Is he real? All right. Quick, CP, so go ahead. Big, big shout out. All right. Let's hear it. Coolest motherfuckers on the planet. Bob Barnes, A.K. Bucko, Jared's father. Happy birthday! Today's his birthday, man. All right, happy birthday, oh. Mr. Barnes. Yeah, Bucko, <laughs> keep the dream alive, brother. So, for our listeners, I will be back on Sunday to recap the Ohio State Penn State game, and I'm going to wrangle you two idiots for a look at the Northwestern <laughs> yeah. game next week. All right, boys. All right, round them up. <laughs> All right, boys. Have a good night. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.